Varum is relationships. Varum is you and me and everyone in America. What are you talking about? Varum is different cookie cutter mm-hmm. from Hollywood. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. What's going on? Welcome to the Room Minute, the podcast where we get obsessed with the cinematic classic, The Room, one minute at a time. You have no idea what kind of trouble you're in here, do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh hi, Mark. Oh hi, Allison. Oh hi, Rob. Oh hi, listeners. We're here to talk about Minute 54, in which Mark arrives and brings some misogyny with him. (laughs) What? (laughs) I chose a poor time to drink something. Did it come out your nose? No, but definitely went down the wrong pipe. Oh, hi, (laughs) Johan. Hi. Oh, my God. That, that's a good line. I didn't think. (laughs) All right. I'm good. I'm good. I swear. Yeah, there's not a lot in this minute, it's just dialogue. I don't have a lot of notes. I have some good notes, though. I mean, we have to talk about how pushy Peter is, don't we? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear the door? Did you hear the door? And this, this lighting is horrible. Is it possible that Kyle didn't hear, wasn't sure if the door was real because his concussion? <laughs> Did you also hear that? I heard that. Did you hear like, that? Is yeah. there a noise? What's going on? No, but like the the lighting here is so bad that everything is in dark. It looks like natural lighting, like yeah. you and me would have in our house not to record with. Mm-hmm. But it also seems very Morticia Adams-esque. Like it's supposed to be just at the eye line, like she has the entire movie of Adams Family Values and whatnot. Like, no matter where they're at, there's always, like, this yeah. beam of light right across the eyes. And only her. I think it's because, unlike... I think this is one of the few scenes filmed in this direction. We're not getting the usual angle that is the uh, the opposite side, with the couch is off and to the right. So it's like the cameras and everything is set up in a different part of the space. And oh. They just didn't do it very well. They moved the cameras, but they didn't move the lights. Yeah. Sorry, that was or, my bad poltergeist. Or the generator <laughs> was on the other side where they're at. Where no, they don't have a generator. No, I know, but maybe there is one there, and they couldn't move it around <laughs> other, without leaving a bunch of like cords in the way. Yeah. So they're just like, well, screw it, no lights then. And then you have Aziz on the outside trying to direct light <laughs> into this scene right now. <laughs> Peter, of course, starts with, sometimes life gets complicated. Sometimes life gets complicated, the unexpected can happen gotta have your truisms in there as a psychologist when it does you just gotta deal with it when it does we just gotta deal with it this feels like a it, the line they were gonna put on the poster it's it's very familiar to a um uh who's it was it with john lennon or was he with the beatles with beautiful boy that's lennon yeah where it says life is what happens when you're busy making other plans life is what happens to you while you're That's a good song. It is a great song. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it's like that's first in a song makes an outlook in regular life very unique. Yeah. This is just crap. <laughs> yeah, this is generic. Yeah, it's very generic. So it's just bad that it comes in a movie because they had time to prep this line and they didn't. And it just it sounds very, very weak. Right. It's simplistic dialogue 
not rewritten by Tommy, because he just wrote it once and put it in there. Yeah. Read by an actor who has a concussion. Yeah. But it's like this type of line, like this, this type of line read should have had maybe a hint of foreshadowing in it because everybody knows what's going on. Yeah. I mean, the way it comes across is very much the delivery of someone who is half paying attention and trying to get out of the conversation, Mm -hmm. which isn't really what you want to move your plot forward, right? I mean, that's... Yeah, he just came over for some water. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Literally. Tommy was like, do you want to try our fancy water? And then he, like, bombards him. Yeah, it's not even a name brand because there's no label on it. Right. But, see, on the last episode where I was stating that he... The the scene where he's starting to record Lisa should have come after this one. Yes. This could have been, like, one of those foreshadowing lines. Like, you can't possibly know everything that happens around you in life. Unless you find a way that you're there every time. You know, something like that. I mean, my, my, what I said wasn't making the best one. Yeah. But it should have been foreshadowing to something that happens in the future. Especially with a character like this. With an exposition that was delivered pretty poorly. But there should have been something a little bit more meaty in the line. Yeah. I, you know what I wish now is that what he had heard Lisa say was not so concrete. Like, he only thinks she's cheating on him. But mm. what he heard was fairly explicit. Yeah. And it would, this, this conversation would play better if Johnny wasn't sure. And so would taping it, because then he wants to tape it and find out for sure. It's not about confronting her, it's about being sure. But he is sure. He heard her. Yeah. Well, he's sure he no, heard her. The taping but is about playing it for her. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Or, fig- or figuring out who it's with, because that could, I mean, if she's with Denny, that's a problem, because he's responsible for Denny. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> it, if anything, the recording that he has on this tape should be recording his conversation with him and Peter. Yeah, if she finds that tape, she'll know about this conversation. And then she'll know that Johnny knows that, or Johnny has an idea that she's cheating on him. And because she's not very smart, she'll think that Mark is cheating on her with a married woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> an older married woman. Maybe he is the most passive-aggressive confronter of all times. He's just going <laughs> to... Yeah, he's very passive. He's... He's very passive, but he's super aggressive. <laughs> it's a good description. Because he wants to accuse her of something. Right. He doesn't hide the fact that he wants to not tell her how he's feeling. I don't know. If he could solve his whole problem with dresses and, and flowers, he totally would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if that worked, that did. you think he would have figured out that was not working by now. Yeah. And then we hear the doorbell, which is... Did you hear that? Did you hear the door? Did you get it? Yeah. Did you hear the door? But the thing that the guest figures out it's a doorbell before the host is ready to. <laughs> and if there were a pause, like the door rang and no one did anything, his line would have been great. You know, like, did you hear that? Yeah. But it was immediate. He's like, did you hear the door? <laughs> we do get a nice run of oh, hey's, oh, hi's here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, hi, Mark. Come in. Oh, hey, Johnny. Hey, Peter. It's like bonus round. <laughs> but also the, the the way people enter this, well, Tommy's, well, Johnny's house is very inconsistent. Some people just walk in and it's the same people that knock and ring the doorbell. Yeah. So why the setup? Well, I, I think it's consistent with the characters. Mark is the one who rang the doorbell before. He's the one that rings it now. And then Denny just walks in. Denny's the inconsistent one because I think he knocked once and then just walks in a couple times. Yes, see, but that would be that's still inconsistent because either you have an open door policy for almost all your friends, especially your best friend Mark, mm-hmm. or you don't. Yeah, maybe he's being extra careful 
because he knows well i mean he's he's got something to hide right it's still weird agreed because you would know if lisa's here if you're sleeping with her and what does it add if he just walked in the scene would be the same yeah it's just like oh hi mark and he'd come sit down Maybe there's a sign outside that says therapy session and <laughs> therapy <place>. in session. <laughs> therapy session in front at the house. Yeah, maybe he was just waiting until the time ended. Yeah. See, because I, I would understand if ringing the doorbell would make sense if he was carrying something and can't get to the doorknob. Yeah. But he's just standing he's there. He's just him. Yeah. Yeah. And if everybody lives in this apartment building, like, or, you know, he should be able to just knock and walk in at the very least. See, it tells us something about Mark is what it is, is he doesn't want to just walk into someone's apartment no matter what. He's a, he's a yeah, bell okay. ringer. Fair enough. It's not, there's no point to it, but it, it's consist it's consistent for Mark. Yeah, maybe it's I'm trying to relate this to his pushback against the seduction, right? Mm-hmm. He, he feels like he's being drawn into to this, so he doesn't want to barge into, eh, I don't know, that's not going anywhere, but. <laughs> he doesn't just want to insert himself into another man's apartment. Right. Yeah. Right. He'll insert himself into another man's woman. Yep. Okay, good. So Someone went for it. another man's apartment. <laughs> <Hey>, <laughs> <laughs> He's really dragged into that, if you listen to his, his version of the story. but yeah. Almost literally, she does pull yeah. him over to the stairs. Yeah. But it, I don't know. That I'm kind of... It, it, I'm still stuck on this weird doorbell, because it doesn't <laughs> sound... It doesn't sound right. Like, it sounds like something that's added in post, and it makes more sense that Peter would say, like, was that the doorbell? Yeah. Like, he was supposed to say it, and then they added this really loud doorbell that probably was should have been, like, a knock or something. So then he just looks like an idiot. Yeah, because it's really loud. It's like, yeah. of course he heard that. Now I can't even be sure if the line was in the script, because I don't trust the original anymore. <laughs> and the <laughs> official draft... Is something they put together after the fact, so all the dialogue just matches the film. What does what does the fake script say? I don't need. I don't think I even looked at this scene in there. I got. I got. I'm. I'm mad at it right now. That's fine. Maybe is the fake script what they actually used to record or to film with? No, the the fake script is too good. <laughs> like that's the one where Denny is Lisa's gay younger brother Billy, who's a prostitute, mm. not a drug dealer. Okay. And there's some dialogue that is just so over the top that it's hard to even imagine Tommy was so writing it. It does have the flying car and the vampire thing, which is cool, but Yeah, that part's awesome. Very cool. I looked ahead in that script and found even more that I'm like, yeah, this is this can't this isn't <laughs> real, but I I now I'd want to know who wrote it. And can we get 6 million to to film it. Mm-hmm. Tommy has the money. Yeah, flying car, prostitute, Billy. It's actually edited better than the film is because <laughs> it makes Lisa cheat on Mark after she supposedly got hit, which is much better. God, this thing is just... They waste so much time on certain things that shouldn't be wasted on. Oh, yeah. Because when Tommy acknowledges that the doorbell occurred, <laughs> it's seven that seconds occurred. till he answers the door. Did you hear the door? Yeah. Oh, hi, Mark. Come in. Oh, hey, Johnny. That's a lot of time for people to sit here and watch him do. Well, we spent much longer a couple minutes ago watching him set up a tape, so. Yeah, but something's happening. He's just opening a door, though. (laughs) Or he's just opening a door. It's it's the dread. We're like, we just met this other new person. Who could be outside that door? We don't know. Yeah, but it could be anybody. Turns out it's just Mark and his stupid beard. Yeah. But the the thing that's funny is the uh 
oh hey johnny i'm surprised to see you at your own home (laughs) (laughs) it's just so weird did he want everybody to have that level of greeting like that tone like it was just everywhere it's just kind of weird that it's a similar tone all the way across the board but why it just seems it that's like one of the few things that is consistent is a greeting yeah well i got distracted because you got me opening up the original (laughs) oh okay the quote-unquote original and when i find the scene at first i noticed a line i think this was last minute when peter said it's a complicated situation in the original he says it's not a very complicated situation Mm -hmm. but you are my friend and i don't want to get between you and lisa and i'm like that's a different line like just with a knot in there Hmm. Uh, the doorbell rings did you hear the door it's in that version of the script too Hmm. after a horrible line that is a little on the nose this is peter right before the bell rings it's not about love johnny it's about control and the best way to control a female is to make them emotionally dependent on you you didn't do that so Lisa found it somewhere else. Ooh. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's one of those things that it's just so on the nose. And then Mark, we haven't gotten to it yet, but he comes in and says, women just confuse him. In this script, he says, can't live with them, can't live without them, but we need them for baby making. Oh, boy. Ooh. It's just, yeah. I, I remember I brought up that these are his concepts of how women are perceived, mm-hmm. and it's so. It's like this version of the script is on the one hand it I I want it to be real because it's just so over the top. But then it's also a little frightening Mm -hmm. sometimes like this is what was going into this movie, which then apparently has translated fairly well because the audience hates Lisa so much. That's not good. So when um, after Mark comes in and introduces himself to everyone, Mm -hmm. it's a line that Johnny says when he says we're just talking about. And I assume he says women, but it sounds like woman. We're just talking about women. Yeah. Yeah. So that got me thinking about, you know, the the theory that everybody lives in the same building. Do they think maybe that Lisa's the only woman? Like (laughs) the only person they class, this universe classifies as a woman? Yeah. See, here's where there's like a couple really weird things of like how this introduction is paced. It feels like when Mark comes in, there should be a round of applause like in a sitcom. (laughs) Yes. Oh, hi, Mark. Come in. Oh, hey, Johnny. Hey, Peter. We're just talking about women. This movie does that a lot. And I was noticing there's some... Okay, if you watch seconds 21 through... I think it's 27 where the music starts to happen. Mm -hmm. Or about 25. What is Tommy looking at? He doesn't make eye contact with Mark. He's looking out the door for some reason. Then when the door closes and he loses that line of sight, he's still staring. As soon as he opens the door, it doesn't even look like he's looking outside the door. He's just staring at something and he consistently stares at whatever it is. Then the door closes and he's still staring. It's really bad. Tommy has pretty bad sight lines. Maybe the crew were out there. Exactly. And he just like, they're doing something that he didn't approve of, but he's like, I can't interrupt the scene, but he's got to be disapproving. And I don't know. That is a weird pause. And he's not, he doesn't make eye contact with Mark. He doesn't make eye contact with Peter, like a savage saying like, oh, you know, Peter, you know, something. He's really staring at something. So it's kind of distracting. Well, you know what they say? Tommy is blind. <laughs> <laughs> 
but it's really weird that this music comes in when he says, "Oh, we're talking about women." This music starts to yes drum up. We're just talking about women. Because it's feelings of another... It's not your main character's feelings. Right. And also, it's to make you believe that everybody knows that the t- they're talking about Something. Lisa. Right. Because that, that music... I labeled the music in my notes as the confused about women theme. <laughs> <laughs> but in fairness to Mark, he has no idea which woman they're talking oh, about. Oh, no. Or women in general. Right. But he's ready for this conversation. Yeah. He comes in and he's just like, all right, what are we talking about? Oh, we're talking about pizza. Oh, Lisa. Pizza just confuses me. Yeah. Like, wait, <laughs> what about Lisa? It's like, oh, because I'm already thinking about it. See, the music already chimed on that we're yep. thinking about Lisa, <laughs> even though I just got introduced to the scene. Yeah. You mentioned woman and he thinks of Lisa. Yeah. It seems really weird that Mark already knows or like he's having that feel that guilt. Yeah. Because we've established that he kind of has no guilt about it. Well, he ended it. Yes. Right after it happened. And so maybe, he, yeah, he doesn't even feel guilty currently. Yeah. He doesn't realize it's still going on. Yeah. Because he hasn't decided if it's something he still wants. But yeah, his guilt seems to wane, like, through the movie. And it's really weird to have music theme about his guilt when he it's not established that he should have guilt. Yeah. And it's real crap music. I haven't really listened to, like, the music of this film separately. So I don't know which theme this is. In terms of, like, is it, like, Lisa's theme, or is this Mark's, or is it just here? Like, is there a consistency to that? Because the music is tends to be good, but it's a little movie, so it's not going to be something you remember and think of, um, make the connections. Yeah, because have you seen the movie uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Yeah. These are ominous tones. Okay. It's not music. There's no melody, it's just tones. Just dark, ominous tones. Like, it's like, they're not good, but it's like, it's just, <laughs> like that. Because it really, there's nothing to it. Right. Because it doesn't even seem like it's on a proper time at this point. Hmm. It's just like a couple notes here and there. And it's supposed to perceive you into that feeling that it's dramatic. Right. This scene's going to be, something's going to go wrong because of what we're about yeah. to hear. Or something's going to go wrong in this scene. Then nothing quite exactly. does, which is also weird because it just... but. If you were to hear this tune without the scene, you don't know if you're, if, like, what's happening or if you're on hold. Mm-hmm. Like, it, this music has <laughs> this music no... On hold. <laughs> yeah, See, now it, I get it. It, has, yeah, it doesn't fit. There's no feel to it. So, I don't know where this music came from, but it's not very good. The musical cues in this movie, they tend to be music that is... You can tell someone who knew what they were doing made the music, but they were most likely directed by Tommy as to what music he wanted for certain things. And so, it doesn't always makes sense yes in place and incredibly underpaid i'm assuming probably yeah so they just didn't care yeah. i just assumed yeah. it was taken from one of those uh licensed royalty free sites or something uh, no i'm um, pretty sure tommy wait. just would have underpaid like he did the yeah singers. like he wanted that feel of paying someone for the music but not the feel of paying him like he's like here's 50 bucks and you'll get exposure yeah he's like oh, okay then you'll get exposure type music which is this yeah <laughs> that's what happens which, when you don't pay artists. sometimes the music is the best part of a scene in this movie, though. Not here, but in some scenes, it's like you can tell at least the composer was trying to do something. It's not like they just pieced together random bits of music they got from wherever, which is something. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying like, I'm trying to figure out what is the signature time on this whole thing, because <laughs> I can't... He, 
it feels like the ongoing tones with like the piano it has its own rhythm to like the tones that come in and it's not consistent so it seems like it comes in so i don't know i think he just did it half-assed on fiverr or something and then tommy was happy with it and he's like okay cool i don't have to go back on it yeah. or maybe he was timing it to probably just yeah if you just didn't have to pay much for it it's fine yeah or maybe he was timing it to the people walking and that's how tommy wanted it <laughs> like you can't have four four time when this music comes in before i start walking and he's like what are you talking about <laughs> so because that seems more consistent with what's going on versus actual music signature. Yeah. Because I'm not seeing it properly. Yeah. But does it yeah. does it make you feel like there's something ominous going on? I mean, that's sort. Really... You can tell that that's what it wants us to feel. I don't know if it makes us feel it, but I don't remember the like first time I watched the movie what I the music was doing. Yeah, there's a lot distracting you from from the music's business going on here, like the weird angles of Mark's pockets on his jacket <laughs> yeah but yeah i don't know i'm so stuck on this music sorry yeah. i'm like trying to figure out when the beats are because some of them end at 13 <laughs> like it's not in a 4-4 signature it just there's a note but then nothing else after it so maybe it wasn't even composed it was just like they just started playing something and tom's like yeah that works even then you'd think it'd naturally get to a signature no all right all right I've been re- replaying this portion, like, sorry yeah. if this is going to derail us, but the piano sound mm-hmm. only goes to Tommy walking. <laughs> That's why it's so off. <laughs> so as soon as Tommy sits it, down, it, the piano cuts out? Yes. It stops as soon as he stops walking. So the piano is the Tommy walking theme? <laughs> yes. <laughs> or maybe they have... It's like the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they have one of those giant pianos from Big on the floor, and it's actually diegetic yeah. music. Yeah, he's actually playing it. <laughs> yeah, so like he's like, "We're talking about women," and then like the the music, the there's those synthesized violins, and then you hear the piano, and the piano goes until Johnny stops walking, and then it's done. That's why the time signature was off. It's only to Johnny walking. So it's like two different pieces of music. Exactly. Playing over each other. Yeah. Weird. Or he just wanted more beats until Johnny stops walking and the guy just hit like some stuff from the same crescendo or whatever just to make it consistent, but then stops at a certain point. <laughs> just in time for Mark to announce that women confuse him and Women, man. Women just confuse me. Yeah. Uh, I have a girl. But she's married. But she's married. I mean she's very attractive. Just But she's very attractive. It's driving me crazy. Well, he's driving her crazy, though. Why didn't you mention this before? I mean, is there anyone I know? What? Why does <laughs> Peter assume that he would know her, though? Because everyone yeah. knows everybody. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. They all live in the Why same building. You... Right? Yeah. Because Peter yeah. was written by Tommy. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you tell us before? I don't know. I haven't seen you, Peter, in forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's been 15 minutes of this movie, and you've just been introduced. As far as we know, Peter is here every Wednesday for Johnny's therapy. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's not high school, like, where you go, like, guess what? 
I kissed a girl. <laughs> yeah, what is the likelihood it would be someone he knows? Yeah. In San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. And really, like, we have not really seen Peter, let alone Mark with Peter. And he hasn't sat down with him till the 54th minute of the film. Yeah. Why haven't you told me before? Uh, your character has never been established, dude. Yeah, you just got him. <laughs> yeah. He's like, why didn't you tell me? I haven't seen you. Does Apparently phones don't work properly in this universe either. <laughs> well, everyone's assumed they're being recorded, so that's no one uses the phone. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Peter doesn't seem like that sociable of a guy anyway, so I don't. I wouldn't assume he knows anyone. Well, he knows all of their people, of course. I suppose. Yeah. He knows Mike and Michelle and Steven. Well, we don't know that he knows Steven. They clearly avoid each other. <laughs> if Steven's coming to the party, I'm not going. Yeah. yeah. They don't, they won't be seen at the same party. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also weird that Johnny is very suspicious already of like who Mark could be sleeping with. It seems like. Because he's not happy. You think that's suspicion? When he's like, can I meet her? Can I meet her? Yeah. I, I, I couldn't figure out how to take that line. The re- It's kind of like the love is blind thing. The reading is just so yeah. weird. I'm like, I don't know what the line is for. You see, here's, here's the weird thing about it is we know Mark slept with Lisa. Yeah. Theoretically, Johnny doesn't know. Right. So Johnny would be asking like, oh, cool. Can we meet her? Right. Not, can we meet her? Like, cyber, like he's giving him the side eye, like, son of a bitch, I know you're bringing the same girl as me to the party. <laughs> it's also weird that he says I, now that you repeat it. Yeah. Instead of we. Yeah. Maybe Peter isn't allowed near women. <laughs> yeah. Because now it just seems like Mark is being a dick for not admitting who this girl is. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, is Johnny doesn't know. And Johnny, good guy, would never be suspicious of, a, of his best friend. Right. right. Yeah. So I would tend to agree that, that the line reading is not, not a fishing one well no well here's the thing it's it's not necessarily a line reading it goes back to who hurt you tommy yeah mm-hmm. because he's accusing he's projecting a past pain onto the scene but it's very improperly timed yeah and it doesn't go with johnny it doesn't go with this scene yeah but to be fair it's an awkward situation it's an awkward situation yes but um if if i were having an affair the like wife or something of somebody else and i said like man i i was with this one girl and he goes like oh can i meet her versus like oh cool would like can i meet her Mm, yeah you know he's not supposed to know it's supposed to be my secret but johnny delivers it like he knows because he should be suspecting lisa of cheating (laughs) not mark right so it's very weird. Well, and then it gets to the weird line. We yeah. get cut off at the end of the minute, but like Johnny's like, he says it's an awkward situation. He says, you mean she's too old? You mean she's too old? Or, or you, you think s- I will take her away from you? It's like, that's a weird follow-up too. Yeah. It's like, no, you can't meet her because she's married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we, I can't well, bring my friends to meet my married yeah. girlfriend. Just like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm with this girl and she's married. She's got a husband, possibly a couple kids. So it's really weird to bring her around to my friends. Yeah. Oh, is it because she's old? Like, what the hell, dude? <laughs> like, oh, it's because her husband might notice if I bring people over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I'm just the gardener. Everyone knows the old yeah. people. Yeah. It makes things awkward. Well, and that all married people apparently. are old as well. So, yeah. Johnny so needs to hang out with Claudette because she clearly gets around and meets people. Yeah. Claudette's still awesome in my book. <laughs> she beat cancer, guys. She's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I know that's not something to joke about, but goddamn that, it's just, that, that plot is so weird in this movie. 
she at least beat it through the end of the week, though, right? I mean, that's yeah. all we know. Yeah. She got a prognosis at the same exact time as beating it. Like, yep. <laughs> in the same week. Definitely breast cancer. No, well, she says she's dying. Yeah. She doesn't awesome. seem very uh, convinced or convincing. No. Yeah. So it's no longer a diagnosis. It's a prognosis because they know exactly what it is. <laughs> and she's dying. But she's pretty upbeat about it, so she's beating it. Yeah. And it's never brought up because it's done. Or she just, she's ready to die anyway. She's like, I got all these men, all these problems. <laughs> Maybe it was a WebMD diagnosis, though. Yeah. You know, where, you know, yeah. You know, Lisa knows. Or she's ready to do like a, a murder slash suicide with uh, Johnny, <laughs> but he jumped ahead and she's like, ah. That was, that was my now part. Now there's no one to kill me. <laughs> yeah. That's where Peter goes. He was supposed to be involved in that murder suicide, and she just murdered him. It's like, eh. <laughs> it's it's weird. It's definitely weird. Ghost with the movie. <laughs> now we have it's Friday, so we should uh, move along. Notes for the midnight screening. Notes from a midnight screening, of course, is mostly some more people yelling for Peter's attention every time he's on the screen. <laughs> And when Johnny says, oh, hi, Mark, you say, oh, hi, Mark. And that's pretty much it. There's a lot of Peter, Peter, but it's the same several times through the minute. Yep. And we still don't get the payoff next week, Yeah, I think. Man, I feel bad for Peter <laughs> or the actor. Yeah. Because it's not his fault. <laughs> I wonder if he, I don't, okay, I was going to say I don't think I've ever had a concussion, but I think I've had a concussion, but no one ever, like, told me I it, was, it had been a concussion. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what you said? Like, does he remember filming this? <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends. It depends on the grade of concussion because I've had okay. I've had a couple. Yeah. And my sister, she had a grade two concussion, and she lost uh, about two weeks. Oh, wow. Of her memory. Oh wow. Yeah. Because she came here from Utah, and when she when she came to, every time she would wake up, she forgot the entire trip of coming to California. So huh. that's a grade two concussion. He most likely does not have a grade two concussion. He has a mild concussion, possibly to a grade one, depending on the impact. Uh, things get fuzzy. You lose your equilibrium and you can't move as quickly. Definitely because your brain is so swollen that turning around uh, kind of swishes around in there. And when I had uh, a mild concussion or a, a grade one, you definitely can't move rapidly, which he's doing. Light becomes such a big problem, which definitely is his problem right now because... Yeah, he's blinking. Yeah. Sometimes the light is just too bright that you kind of almost rapidly lose train of thought as quickly as you regain it. So wow. there there are different levels to concussion. And I wouldn't be surprised. It explains a lot if he does have it mm -hmm. because he's not looking straight ahead, which is definitely a, a telltale sometimes with some concussions because you can't figure out where your balance is. And I did find an older Reddit AMA with the actor, uh, who, and he, he mentions the concussion a couple times in that. And it was, I think he did that before the Disaster Artist movie came out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's sort of an older one, but he, he definitely remembers portions of it. And he's, he's very polite and doesn't talk so bad about Tommy or the movie, but yeah. yeah. No, you, yeah, you can easily remember a lot of stuff if you have like a mild concussion. But you also remember not being able to see it clearly as you normally would, like you had difficulty. And then you start to assess it like, oh, I have a concussion if it prolongs. Like you're not just dizzy type of thing. Mm. So because a lot of times nowadays, there's a lot of ways to diagnose early warnings of it. But around this time, you really don't notice 
uh, or someone can't really point it out to you that you don't notice you have one until the next day. So nowadays we have a lot of early warning signs, especially be me being a hockey ref. We know how to see early warnings immediately. We know what to look for. So he he definitely shows signs of a uh, mild concussion. So I feel bad for him. And I bet you they didn't take him to the doctor. No, absolutely not. Oh, no, 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 definitely not. They were just like, figure it out. Or they being Tommy. Figure it out. Yeah, but this is also a lot in the timeline of no one knowing a lot of sports injuries with concussions. Yeah. Like, it really isn't until, like, almost recently, like, last couple of years, how severe it could actually be. Hmm. So most people wait until the next day and then talk to a doctor. It's a whole like, take two Tylenol, call me in the morning. So nobody knew. I'm pretty sure he didn't know he had one until the next day. Right. Like he's probably just like, oh, I, you know, I bumped my head. So I'm not right. But really, you could be dealing with a concussion and there's no one really to diagnose it at the time. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So for the, for the actor, I feel bad for him now that you mention it. Poor guy. Especially with this movie. Anybody came out of this movie, I feel bad for. (laughs) (laughs) Ditto. Let's get away from this movie then, because it's Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday, Friday. I know it. It all sounds like some bad movie. I know, David, you've got a bad movie to talk about. I don't remember if you do, Johan. I, I do want to talk about one that, since I was here, I brought up one that I didn't like. Okay. And I want to talk about a critically bad movie that I liked. Okay. Uh, who wants to go first? David, you can go. Okay. Yeah, sure. I So I selected uh, the movie, and it was the first movie that I ever officially walked out of in the theater. Um, and there's maybe only three of those in my entire life. So I chose Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. <laughs> which is the, what, 1992 Estelle Getty and uh, Sylvester Stallone yeah. vehicle. Uh, and the urban legend around it is that at the time, Stallone and Schwarzenegger were heavy in competition for the same sorts of parts. And there was a, a strong rivalry between the two of them. And Schwarzenegger read the script for this and knew it was total crap, but feigned interest in it oh. so that Stallone would pursue it and think that he scooped it out from under Arnold. Uh, so thereby sticking him in this terrible thing. That's um, a tad genius. That sounds very much... It, it It sounds very consistent with I've heard Arnold Schwarzenegger doing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who tricked this Getty into being in this movie, but um, <laughs> it was uh, what I... I think this was in, like around the same time that Golden Girls was ending. Yeah, so I, I, I think this... She doesn't have a lot of wiggle room to choose roles at that point. Right. She's well because she very much does play the same character just, you know, without she she doesn't seem as as old. Yeah. Uh in the movie as she did in the Golden Girls. So In Golden Girls, wasn't she the youngest of all of them? Yeah, she at was. Least she was the youngest cast member playing yeah. the oldest character. Yeah. yeah. So they're but playing the oldest, yeah. So she was only getting older. So she is going to be typecasted no matter what she does. Uh-huh. So she was being typecasted with an action star so i think for her it was a fairly decent choice yeah it just turns out the movie was so bad right but you're either going to star across sylvester stallone or arnold schwarzenegger that isn't bad considering her age 
True. So true. I I don't blame her at all for that one. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I've only seen parts of that movie and it was horrible. Yeah, and until yesterday, I had never seen past like the middle of it. So I did rewatch <laughs> the whole thing yesterday, and uh, my my wife doesn't usually partake in the bad movies with me, but she'd had sort of a. <laughs> a bad day and and not a bad day just a long exhausting day so she was just on the couch and every time i would look over her at her, her eyes were rolled practically into the back of her head so <laughs> she doesn't have the same tolerance that i, I think, do i think my dad was watching it isn't there some scene on a train am i thinking the right one are you mixing it up with throw mama from the train throw mama from the train Probably. yeah which is actually no, a this halfway is, there's a movie. scene in a car right where she has like a huge gun and she's in a car yes yes, yes. yes. all right all right yeah I remember my dad not watching it all the way through. Like, he just eventually quit. <laughs> so Yeah, there were a couple of things that actually made me chuckle when I was watching them. There's sort of a uh, a dream that, that Sly has uh, where his, his mother is embarrassing him and he ends up in a, in a big diaper. And that made me laugh. But then as soon as I laughed at it, I felt bad for laughing at it. It's like uh, the rest of the movie was just terrible enough to, to yeah. make it. Yeah. See, so. when, when my dad did watch his movie all the way through... It for me, I've never walked out of a film, but neither has my dad. And we've kind of just kind of gone with the, uh, well, let's see what they're trying to do and give credit to where credits do if there's something worth it. Mm. Because my yeah. grandmother, she was an actress, so everybody, we would kind of believe that some actors really try and do their best no matter how bad it is. Yeah, and to actually walk out of the movie or not watch a movie all the way through because of how bad it is. It's definitely a big thing for my family because we believe everybody's there's someone trying to do a good job no matter how bad the film is. So when someone says like doesn't seem like anybody's doing a good job here, I'm just gonna quit. It's a pretty big one. And that one was one of the ones that my dad just like he was just like, I ha- I had enough. I can't I can't. Yeah. I wouldn't I've never walked out of a movie at a theater by my choice. Because by the time I'm there, like I'm ready, even if it I usually know if it's going to be bad by the time a movie comes out, especially like nowadays. Yeah. Trailers, people see it ahead of time at screenings or whatever. You know when something's going to have problems. I've seen some pretty bad movies in theaters. Even at home, I rarely turn movies off. There were a few that I had turned them off, and then I went back during this this past summer and purposely watched those few I could remember turning off just to see if they had if I'd been right and just to prove I you could right. do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, the benefit of Netflix is you can watch horrible movies in pieces. Yeah. Or, well, my thing, I don't watch them in pieces, but I will watch them and complain about them on my phone while doing so. Yeah. Then I have my own line of entertainment during the movie. Yeah. Because, like, I watch something while I'm folding laundry and you realize how bad it is. Mm-hmm. You're like, no. And then you wait till you fold laundry again, then you continue it because you, <laughs> like, you don't <laughs> want to dedicate movies. time. Yeah. You don't want to dedicate time to watching it. I remember when I watched Electra in theaters and, that was so bad that we didn't walk out. We watched it all the way through, but mm-hmm. probably should have been one. But the mo- bad movie I wanted to talk about was one that I actually really did like, okay. which is Speed Racer. Uh, mm. it, okay. I When I watched it, loved it, bought it on Blu-ray, watched it consistently. Then I realized like it was critically panned as a bad movie. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoy that movie. I cannot see a bad part about that movie. <laughs> like, I really can't. I really love it. Uh, I, uh, it's been a few years since I watched it, but I, I I did a month of my blog where I'm like, someone recommend a movie to me and I'll watch it for three days and write about it. Speed Racer was one of them because a friend of mine knew I had not seen it and didn't want to. And the 
plot and everything is fine because I watched the Speed Racer cartoon and like I knew what it was. I knew what I was in for. Yeah, it's very cartoony. But there's so much. There are scenes of like, I forget the the actor. It's the main actor and like the older guy, Emil Hirsch, dude. But he's he's talking to this guy and they're just having a conversation. And clearly, it was filmed in two separate occasions with green screen because one guy will put his arm out to touch the touch him on the shoulder and this arm comes up at some weird angle onto touch his shoulder and I'm like that's not attached to that person oh okay. they're filming conversations separately are you talking about I'm matthew like, fox uh matthew? no it's the who's in this movie the one who plays the brother no not not racer x the or john goodman oh it was roger allen the inspector detector I don't remember what his character is, but look at his picture. It's the guy playing Royalton. Oh, 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 that, yeah. But there's this one scene in particular that I just got stuck on the fact that they were filming regular scenes in front of green screen and not getting the actors together to film it. And then every scene I would realize they're doing this constantly. People aren't in the same room while filming this movie. And... I, maybe that kept me from even trying to enjoy the movie at that point because I was just looking at all these visuals and then they have all the crazy like racetracks and stuff that obviously aren't real. But I'm like, none of it's real. And that bothered me. It was like Phantom Menace kind of thing where like every set is not actually there. And it's just like, why did, couldn't you build a set? Well, they were testing something new with like how they were filming everything. And there yeah. actually is a huge height discrepancy between Roger Allen and Emil Hirsch, I think. Probably, yeah. Because I just looked it up. Roger Allen is six foot and Emil Hirsch is, oh, five seven. So it's five inches. So he can't just like reach across and put his hand on his shoulder when they're clearly different height. Right. So they just filmed it differently and adjust for what they want, which yeah, in a cartoon, I mean, it wouldn't look as fake because they're drawn on the same frame. But it'd be okay, because, like, weird angles and stuff, especially, a, like, a Japanese cartoon, you're going to get weird moving backgrounds and stuff out of nowhere. Yeah. Which and it's they fine. Did. Yeah. And the, in the movie version, it just did not work for me. I don't know. For me, for me, it worked fine. Especially where you start to see, like, this, like the story of what they're talking about occurring in the background as they're talking. Yeah. I loved it. Because it simplified the movie and condensed a lot of plot real quickly. But it's still really long. It could have been longer. That's a thing. It's two hours, 15 minutes still. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> but the last lap, like, you can't say, like, everybody didn't give it their all with, like, really, really good performance. Well, no, I also wouldn't say, I'd say it is worth watching, too. Yeah. yeah. Because they are, I mean, they're coming off of the Matrix. Had they done the whole trilogy at this point? Yeah, I think and so. And then they did Speed Racer? Mm-hmm. So, like, they're trying a new kind of filming, and... I don't necessarily like it, but I get what they're going, what they're trying to do, and it's something interesting. And then they've reined themselves in, and after that, and did more normal stuff, or better, more well done stuff. So, so it it's it's worth seeing. Yeah, I, I'll give you that. And it's visual, <laughs> I don't like it, but it's pretty. worth seeing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I I think I only ever saw it in the theater, and so my my uh, impressions of it are still those you know the first viewing good impressions of itself if people think it's a bad movie i didn't well i didn't know that so and apparently on imdb i gave it a seven out of ten so oh, look at yeah. you i guess at the time i thought it was worth something yeah because it's it's well made it's just doing weird things were you guys like the room speed racer fans <laughs> of the cartoon at all yeah 
Okay. So as I wondered if that maybe made a difference in, in a person's viewing of it. Oh, I, I'm sure it did. Yeah. yeah. Cause I like the, I always, I watched, I'd seen a lot of the cartoon, maybe all of it. I don't know. Yeah. Like I thought it was, I thought it was good cause it still made me hate Sprite on Chim Chim. <laughs> cause I've never liked him in the cartoon. So, so I thought like it was still good. So I like it. Okay. And so one more time, Johan, where can the audience hear more from you? Uh, you, I have a past, uh, project with Matt Soto where we did Roughneck Minute, which was about Starship Troopers. And currently me, Matt, and Alex are doing ID for a minute, which is Independence Day. And David. Uh, yeah, I'm eagerly anticipating episodes of both Rock and Roll High School Minute and Edge of Tomorrow Minute coming out soon. I've been saying that for a while, but we've actually got recordings in the can for them. So I'm, I'm confident nice. that they will, they will arrive soon. So go to the Facebooks and, and, uh, like our landing pages and you'll hear about them soon. But it's not wrong when people make it fun of the project. In this case, the room. The room minute is a production of Lemming Drop Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow the room minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show, you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening. And remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. Leave us!